This is Sarita. I did it that time. I got my hello right. Okay. (laughs) This is Sarita, better known as Bible Study Girl to you guys. And I am here today with Bible Study Brother. Yay. And (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm, I'm my own sound effects. And today we're going to talk about your Christian journey. What your relationship with Christ has looked like Mm. through the years. Just a, a deeper look into the person that is bible study brother this is going to be great it is going to be excellent it's gonna be interesting you're gonna get a lot of fun facts i hope so because this is honestly something we don't talk about like we have yeah, not never talked about this we just like about it. like it's just more of a surprise like oh my lord where did you get that scripture <laughs> from you know the lord yeah um so let's start off with mm-hmm. what made you decide to walk down the aisle and join church don't remember you don't all I remember is the day that I got baptized. Okay, so let's That's talk it. about the day you got baptized. What did that day look like? What were you feeling? Um, I remember just being incredibly nervous because I didn't know what was going to happen. Okay. Um, so God for me when I was younger, which is more so what the questions pertain to, um, was like, the moments where I felt him were crazy to me at least, but they were the most calming things in the world. So the thing I used to love when I was sleeping, it was hard for me if my mom or pops didn't stay in the room with me and just have your hand on me. Like you can hold my hand. Like as long as I feel the warmth of your hand, I'm going straight to sleep. Mm -hmm. When I don't feel it, my brain kind of wanders or whatever. And uh, I used to feel this hand on me. Like a quilt, like felt like a hand on me. And I always recognized that as God kind of covering me in my So sleep. how how old were you when you got baptized? Oh, uh, I don't remember. It was Maybe bef- seven? Uh, eight? I don't feel like I was in elementary school, but I do feel like I was, it was right before junior high, maybe. Okay. It was probably, it, well, it was definitely before junior high. I just don't remember when. You look like. You were about seven or eight in your So pictures. probably, yeah. So. I just don't remember. You're saying to me, your relationship with God was mm, on baptism day. It was, he was a comfort for you? Well. Or did you even really have a concept of who God was? I didn't have any sort of concept. I just knew when his presence was around me. Um And I just started to notice different things that God would do in certain places. So, like, I would know his presence, but I didn't have an actualization of who he was, what he was for me, what it meant to follow him. None of those things. I just had an idea of he's here. Okay. So, baptism day, you are not really just sold out. You just. No, I just was just like, okay, this is what you do. And I'm, (laughs) like, expecting something from hitting that water i'm expecting a change but at that point i remember that i had wanted because we had so many times that people would join church because we had people joining church at that time um and they would get the fellowship line and i was like i want to get the fellowship line i wanted to get (laughs) yeah this shaking of hands but i also knew that i made the actual decision um and when I hit the water, I was expecting like mama's not this fire to change, but I was expecting I don't know a what physical a, something something to that click you tangibly could yeah do. something something that I could feel something that I would know what it was, but 
I mean, I had no, like, I don't remember it like that because okay. it was so many things after that that was like, ah. And I knew of God in the sense of like, so, you know, when they would read the, um, the scriptures about how your sins were on your parents until you turned 13. Mm-hmm. So, I don't remember that, but I do know that like Mount Pleasant, they, they taught a lot. Okay. They're, anyway, moving on, but they taught a lot. Okay. And so that was something that was taught or that was said to me at one point. So that kind of, I do remember discussion about the age of accountability and yeah. I know it's taught in a lot of different churches, but I don't know where it is in the scripture. If that's something oh, okay. scriptural or if that's just tradition, I, I don't know. know. I don't know. So I just know I, they used to have me frightened because okay. I knew I was still out here. Like that's <laughs> one thing that I could noticeably know was I knew I was still living. Yeah. yeah. And I knew that I had not yet accepted in a, real way there were a lot of things that my child's mind were not ready for like um I had no I, I used to have be upset about thinking that there were so many people who would not meet God and just go to hell really yeah because that's how it was taught so in a way it was an or that's how I perceived it to be taught to me I'm not gonna say that that's how they taught it but that's what it that's what it felt like. Okay. And so I'd be kind of mad and upset. I'm like, there's all this love. Like how, you know, like the concept of people going to hell was not something that I could even comprehend given all of the things that I was taught. Okay. Um. So, yeah. So let me ask you, mm. was there a change in your relationship with Christ from the time that you got dipped in the water through your teen years? What was your relationship with Christ like during your teen years? That was an up and down relationship. My teen years were like, <sighs> I knew God was setting me apart in mm-hmm. a certain way. Um, when I got my liver disease, early teens, well, not early teens, it was before my teens. Um, and like, I started to feel this, like I could never be normal. I was already this nerdy kid who wore glasses, who felt ostracized didn't feel black enough and all this other stuff going on with me at the time and on top of that like i'm at church all the time we doing <laughs> sign language and doing all this stuff and like there were so many different things that i'm like what is what is this about mm-hmm. what does it mean like why do i not feel whatever like why do i have certain pulls about this that and the third um but for my 10 years in terms of when God gave me like a foundation from him, um, cause it, it started connect, uh, to connect in my head as I'm talking about it. It was when I signed the 23rd Psalms. Like, and when you say yeah. sign, you mean we were members oh, of a yes. sign language choir called the silent choir. So he's not talking about taking a pen and signing a oh, sheet of yeah, paper. Yeah. With no, 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 the 23rd no. Psalms I'm also not talking it. about getting the, the gangster tattoos that <laughs> yes. most people get with the 23rd song. Yeah. Like, he's not talking no. about that, but so our, uh, <laughs> choir director is what I'm our, at the time. Like the way in which she, um, gave you solos was basically you need to break down every line of this song. You need to understand where this comes from. And so we played the the 23rd songs by Jeff Majors, who's a harp player, which 
I didn't realize until later. <laughs> I thought he was also the, the the vocalist, but he is not, and I have not found the vocalist, and I need to find him. <laughs> um, but she went over every line of the song with me and my cousin because we were uh, co-soloists. And, like, so I'm, like, breaking it down. I felt this sense of responsibility, this moment. And I remember, like, there were so many times where I would see other people signing in our group, and they would, like, cry because – you know, they were getting caught up in the spirit or whatever. And I was just like, eh, it's not gonna happen. Um, and I remember as I broke down this song and I finally, I was like, oh, I'm learning these words. I'm, I'm like, literally it's my, it's my favorite verse. And I see so many people using, it. I used to think it was cliche mm-hmm. until like, I got it for got yourself. It. And then I also understood. I like music. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a song. <laughs> it's a song. <laughs> like, yeah. So these lyrics would stick to me differently. So he came to me like in a revelation of that. Like I remember signing in the different places that we did. I remember the first time we did it uh, for the church and um, what that felt like. And I remember, I know I cried a little bit and it wasn't like, you know, this pouring, but it was just like, you know, I'd have these moments and it was real. Yeah. Because I had this thing that, no matter what was like bringing me peace because I listened to that song in my sleep because that's what it's she like your to do. favorite song in right now to this day to this day like, like it does not leave me I will pull it out whenever I'm having the worst of worst days I'm pulling it out yeah like just period like there's nothing that will keep me from pulling that song out when I need it and we have talked about before that we did come from a church where we got great knowledge we got some great foundation Mm -hmm. um and our choir director was somebody who really it wasn't about show doing something different it was about do you know what these words mean like we could take a song to her but she would say okay line this up with the scripture if you can't line it up with the scripture we're not done like Like, i don't care how how popping it is like does this line up with the words so i would say for me, too, that was something that was very instrumental in my development. Okay. Yeah. So, so we talked about yeah. you in your teen years. You're finally starting to get a, a feel. Ooh, mm-hmm. this is who he is. Yeah. And we've talked about the divorce often. Mm-hmm. Would you say your spiritual life changed post-divorce? Did that? My spiritual life changed post-breakup. With, okay. With, let's that go. Was, yes. That was, okay, that, so that's let's when go. I got my because let's go wait let's go to your teen years when you yeah, say break up say, yeah. you are talking about your now wife my now wife so like <laughs> was your high school girlfriend go ahead take us through that um so a lot of things were going on at that time we we had our relationship my father had accepted his call in the ministry and so at that point a lot of things my mindset was pick a fence you get the legacies like so my father was a preacher i'm inevitably at some point going to be a preacher really i want to speak in front of the church so you wanted to Um, be a preacher no i didn't necessarily want to be a preacher but i just wanted to be in front of people like i've said this a million times like i've just like when i would get those opportunities to be in the plays and stuff like that no matter how much i fought and didn't want to like rehearse and do whatever, i just wanted to be in front of people I didn't know that about you. So I mean, I know that about you as like a performer that you yeah. are a performer. Oh no. Like I when we would do the speech, like I don't like doing controlled things. You just want to be spontaneous and wild and free. N- no. There are more moments where I knew God was writing or talking for me or or doing whatever and I just wanted to be in that. 
Okay. Like whatever that was, I just wanted to be in that. That's okay. why I wanted to solo. I, like background roles were harder for me when I was younger. Okay, so let's talk about this breakup. How did that change your relationship with God? Uh, so during the relationship and during all these things, like I was chasing what I thought everyone wanted me to be, whether it was you or mom or whoever. I traced whatever uh, was in front of me. Mm -hmm. So in this relationship, because she was the most spiritual person I knew outside of my mom and my sister, and she introduced me to all kinds of different things, like I never knew what the words equally yoked meant. Yeah. And so when she said it, I felt the weight of it at that yeah. time. And I just felt like even though God literally led me to her, like I am a shy person. I don't approach women in this confident way that, that anybody does. I don't, mm -hmm. but her, I did. And I pursued her in a way that was so different. Like being a, a raging hormonal monster <laughs> at that point of, of, you know, like I even wanted like to, I was going to keep my virginity. Like if it had been with her, we would have kept it all the way. I mean, now granted we were still hormonal monsters <laughs> In, 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 you know, in the way, like in ways that we know we were corrected for yeah. spiritually, but we didn't, we never took that step. And mm -hmm. I was okay with that because she gave me understanding of so many different concepts that I had never thought of. Okay. Um, at that point in time, yeah, there was a lot of times where, because she was uh, preaching at the time um, and had been called and everything. And, you know, I wasn't going to be no, the, the first Man, <laughs> but I did think that you know eventually, like we'd end up with a church, and I, I sometimes thought about that being Mount Pleasant. I did think about that, really. Mm -hmm. But that was just because at that point in time, I think we we definitely had conversations about a certain person and their um non natural sense of speaking. Okay, and so I knew I spoke well. And I knew I was like, oh, I do this differently. Like every time I listen to that person do a sermon, I'd be like, oh, I might have done this. I think I would do this. I'd rather do like it could have the point could have been made here. Like that was a weird way of doing this. Like that's what I would do because I was used to being in front of people and on the stage and like things that seemed uncomfortable for people were comfortable for me. Okay. Um. So. Anyway, so I had all the lights of these things going on. And it wasn't until we broke up that God started to really reveal himself in in what would be, I guess, my, my college years. Okay. So now the guy is revealing himself, mm -hmm. showing himself to you. Let's talk about you in college and post-divorce. Well, college is really post-divorce. Mm -hmm. it's, it's the... To me, it was real, real post-divorce, you know, okay. like, because high school was like, no, nah, this is divorce. Like, mm -hmm. it's not post-anything. Because I still had to be around uh, him and everything else at that time, and technically I was still around in the college years, but, you know, another episode. Um, What happened at that point was so many things started to happen. Mm -hmm. So, first thing being, me and my mother needed to find a place to stay. And because she was taking nothing and leaving nothing and leaving <laughs> everything except for my clothes and stuff that was mine mm -hmm. and, and yours, obviously. Yeah. Um, and so we were looking for a place and we're going around and like, God just has these moments where he takes over, mm -hmm. speaks for me, speaks through me. Um, and, 
um, she's told the story before and people have told the story before, but uh, we were looking for an apartment and she was trying to figure out how to pay for it and all these other things. And we were driving by these apartments and she was stressing out and she had a lot of moments where she was not herself and mm-hmm. we had to be much stronger than I think we even knew we could be. Yes, at that time. Lord. I would say you took the brunt of it though, because yeah. I was in college yeah. and I had a lot of stuff going on. I helped when I could, yeah. but you were living with her. So you, you took the brunt. It was, oh man. All right. <laughs> so we're driving past this place and uh, we had just gone in to like talk to people and see what was available. And we leave and she was about to have like one of these breakdowns and uh, I told her stop. I said, we don't do that. I said, let's pray. I said, you've always taught me we don't break down any situation. We talk to God about it. Yeah. And so we sat there and I prayed and I said, you know, God lead us to wherever he would have us to be. And, you know, I know that you're protecting us. I know that you're here. And um, immediately after amen, phone rang. Mm. Immediately. Mm. And they, you know, said, hey, uh, we're running a, whatever it was promotional or something right now. And also since you work at, at, at this hospital, you get, it's even cheaper. Yeah. You know, given how much they cost and they are high. Look at God, you know? And so all of these moments start to, to pro- start to happen. And like I'm connecting them just, Oh, I forgot. I forgot about another uh, spiritual moment that you uh, and uh, your best friend, um, initiated for me as well so i do music i love music again i'm a a rapper um though i don't put out as much music as i should and i I don't use my gift in the way that i need to i'm working on it but um there was a time where i much like my mother would cuss all the time now i didn't meet my mother when she was cussing all the time but i'm my mother um and my sister came to me i had made this cd with my friends and she's like why are you cussing so much you know how to use other words. Mm-hmm. I've heard you use it. And I'm like, ah, whatever, man. It's just, uh, I mean, that's that's what they do. That's what we do. We rappers. <laughs> and um, uh, my girlfriend at the time, now wife, um, also said something to me about the responsibility that I had for her little brother at the time. Was like, man, you want him listening? And I remember being convicted in that moment, and it was just like, well, I'm not going to be no Christian rapper, but I get what you're saying. I hear you. <laughs> and it was yeah. like there was a whole new world open to me because I my music got better. I did a whole CD. Yeah. Use your words, bro. You yeah. got all the words. Use them. <laughs> <laughs> um, I made a whole CD and didn't have a curse word in it. And I dealt with all my issues and stuff on it. I, you know, it just changed my landscape. And I haven't, like, I've cussed in music since, but it's so sparingly and if it's my personal music i don't Mm. because there's no need to because i'm like i'm right i need to say a a point and i can say it without all this oh praise the lord um so those were the the spiritual uh moments like um i have to fast forward to the next part or when you ask me the question because everything starts to play into one another but i didn't know how they played into one another until like until now until now yeah. well that's great i think that is one thing that has been great about listening to people's spiritual lives i mm. think it's giving them revelation it's giving me revelation yeah. learning new things about you okay so where is joe today in his christian life and you can pull from 
whatever you need to pull from. Yeah. To uh, I am in a more uh, in a more open place of accepting what God would have me do and doing what he needs for me to do. He had laid out so many different things in explaining to me what I would be going through now and showing me his power. Um, so me and my now wife had broken up in, in high school and uh, I was not expecting for us to get back together. But uh, literally, literally like a year and a half after we broke up, a cousin that I had not seen in 10 years or more, or actually it was more than that, yeah. um, came back into my life. And it was like crazy because nothing in me would have said that would have been possible. That's something that I yeah. had wished and dreamed for. But he was showing me at that moment, I can bring you back things you've lost. Amen. Follow me. Just follow me. All right. I didn't see that. Yeah. Because it was just like, oh, my God, cousin. Yeah. It wasn't like, you can also do this with the relationship that I wanted that you actually have for me, but you want me to learn something. You know, that. Um, he gave me dreams about how our reconcili- reconciliation would happen. You and your wife? Me and my wife. Okay. And I had no idea until we came back, and it was like a year after. And I was like, oh, my God, wait a minute. I had a whole dream about this. Um, Issues with us. You know, even in any of our fights, the stuff that I went through outside of us prepared me for this. The yeah. stuff I went through the year prior to our, uh, or the stuff I, when we went through our, our break up, our, our big fight. Yeah. Our big fight. Yeah. Our breakup. It was a breakup. It was a breakup. <laughs> um, the reconciliation of that in the year following and what I needed to do. Yeah. Because he had shown me, if you weather this, show that there is a different answer. Show that there's a different response. Show this. Be this. You can do this. Um, I've been more um, instrumental in a lot of things around in my church that I never expected to be. Um, that I still don't, you know, know what he's preparing me for in that. But I'm here to do it, whatever it is. Um, and even in being instrumental in, you know, our relationship in the, the growth of the blog, the, the growth of the podcast and using the gifts that if nothing else have always been um, pivotal for us. So you are saying the Bible study brother today is more grounded. Yeah. Uh, the day you got baptized, your relationship was like scattered ooh, in the wind. Now yeah. it was immature. It was immature. Now it's more solid. Yeah. It's, it's, on solid ground in the way that I know the more of when I need to seek him. Mm-hmm. I know that it is a continual thing. Like the things that he gives me, the the lessons he gives me, um, you know, when I speak to people, I always say like, I teach what I'm taught from God. Like I'm not speaking my own. When I write, I know that I've written songs where I know he wrote every word because putting together metaphors and similes in a way that like, oh, this plays off of this, that plays off of this, this is alliteration, this is um, a cornucopia of bountiful blessings and words and all this other stuff. Um, He did that, you know, or things that I've said to you, advice I've given to you or advice I've given to mom or whoever, and I'm like, I promise you, I have no idea how I put this together (laughs) or what it is I'm telling you. I just know it's from him. Mm-hmm. 
you know, um, and being okay with that and being okay with like trying to stand on, 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 on those things is where I am now. So you talked earlier about mm-hmm. when you were a teenager, you wanted to be a preacher. You wanted the pulpit. You mm-hmm. married uh, a woman who is called, who is a minister. Mm-hmm. Where do you stand right now? <laughs> <laughs> I know where I'm called and I'm doing my calling. And what is that? To use my words, to use every bit of it everywhere I can. Um, I don't <laughs> think it's, I still don't feel no pull. I don't feel the pull to be in the pulpit anymore. Not in that traditional sense, I guess to say, um, because there are certain restrictions in that, that again, I said, I am here and we are the generation that will bridge the gap. I know I need to be in places that touch more people. And nowadays the church has been turned into a logo and a lot of people don't seek the real of it anymore. That's true. I think that a, a cab on stage and other Christian places, like even this blog and, and, and uh, the, the podcast are where people need to be reached right now because a lot of people need healing from what, from church hurt. Amen. Because the foundational people can't aren't as flexible as they think they are. Okay. Um, and I know that I'm in a position to build a lot of bridges and, and, and meet people where they are. So you, so if I ask you directly, mm-hmm. has the Lord called you to be a preacher? No, Not necessarily in the traditional sense. You said, these are your words, that okay. he has called <laughs> you to be a bridge yeah. to meet people where they are. I think that is the definition of a minister. You meet people where they are. <laughs> I'm not saying you have to put a suit on every Sunday. This is just food for thought, brother. I can't define mm-hmm. your Christian walk. Mama can't define it. Nobody can define it. It has to be what the Lord has told you. But I also don't want you to fight what you feel are stereotypes. I want you to be who God called you to be. And if he hasn't called you to be a, you know. I, the thing that I know about each and every person in our family, we are called to be orators. That is the biggest thing that we have in our family the biggest connector of anybody is if you put us on a stage, no matter who it is, no matter how nervous they are, anybody in our family, we do what we're supposed to do. You think so? I don't feel that for me, but I get you. Whenever you've, you have in a lot of different ways, um, you've created plays. You had, I have, um, Christian groups. And what I'm meaning by that is like being in front of people, using your words, singing, the creative gene, the creative spiritual blessing that is music and, 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 and acting and speeches, sermons, whatever, however you want to slice it, is something that is bountiful in our family. It just is. Um, your words are so well-defined and articulate that the seeds you plant can either... Uh, flourish or destroy. Mm. Um, so are there any final thoughts you want to share with everyone? Any final words you want to 
give the people about your spiritual walk, your spiritual journey, any nugget you want to leave that you feel like I didn't give you room to share. In Bridging the Gap, there's a couple things that we have to understand. Um, in the Bible, I remember I used to get mad about the fact that I knew nothing about Jesus from the age of 13 to 33. I just knew he came of age, started preaching, and the next thing I know, he was on the cross. <laughs> you know, you are meant to be that gap. You are meant to be the new living testament as we give people our testimony. Um, we tell you what it's like today. We show you what everything is going to be and, and can be and you live in that you live in understanding that you're bridging a lot of different pains a lot of different hurts you're healing all kinds of different things that's where I am is heal heal and build because there are huge platforms that you can now give God his existence and give God his praise and we have to do that that's right. I love the fact that you're willing to be the bridge to the people. You've talked mm -hmm. for a long time. Do you want me to do your outro or you got it? I got my outro. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> As always, make sure you go to BibleStudyGirl.com. There are blogs dropped daily. Um, leave all of your comments down there and you, or you'll leave your testimonies in the comments is what I'm going to start saying. Um, we'll engage with you because everybody needs um, to hear your story because it's not just I preach or you preach, it's we preach. Yes, people, and until we meet again, keep preaching. Bye. Bye. Bye.